How can we as creative educators and entrepreneurs find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced. Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, mom to three toddlers, self-proclaimed French fry connoisseur, and a marketing and launch strategist to teachers. I'm answering all your burning questions about starting and growing an online business using your teacher genius. In these podcast meets magazine style episodes, I'll give you simple mindset shifts, business tips, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. You know what I love most about being a teacher? It's the fact that every September you get to start fresh. You have a nice little break over the summer, a chance to reorganize your room, a space to reset your goals for the upcoming school year. In business, we can activate the same starting fresh feeling, but it happens when the new calendar year starts. Hopefully you took at least a little bit of a break from your business through the holidays, and now we're faced with a fresh start, a chance to focus our intentions and realign with our vision. In this month's magazine issue and podcast episodes, we'll focus on action steps you can take to grow your business this year. This means thinking through what investments you're making in your business, how you're choosing your mentors this year, what's on your to-do list, and what mindset blocks you're working through. Stopping now to choose our focus in each of these areas will help us stay on track for growth all year long. In the December podcast episode, I kicked off with some reflection journaling questions. So I wanted to do the same thing again. This month, I want to focus on a few goal setting questions. So we were looking back in December and we'll look forward in January. Get out your journal, pause this episode if you need to, to sit with these questions or if you're driving in your car, just kind of mull them over for a bit, but make sure you journal on them when you get home. You know I love for you to actually do some writing around this because it's in doing the writing that you'll really uncover some big aha moments. The first question is, what products or offers do you hope to create in the new year? Second What do you want to learn in the new year to help you grow your business? Third, what do you want to learn in the new year to help you in your personal growth? Fourth, what do you want to implement this year when it comes to marketing your business? And last, is there anything from your 2021 to-do list you can let go of to make plenty of space for these new goals? I want to give you a little sneak peek of my answers to these questions as we head into the new year. For number one, uh, in the new year, I actually don't want to create any products or offers at all because I think I've finally found the right combination of products and offers that serve my people at the various stages of business growth. And I don't think I need any more than that. I have my membership, Teacher Hustle University, and that helps teachers with an online business at all stages to grow to the next level in their business. And then I have the Course Creators Intensive, which is a program to help teachers launch their first course or workshop or membership. And then I tried out in 2021 a brand new higher level mastermind type program. I need to figure out what to call it. It's not quite a mastermind. It's more like an incubator. 
Uh, but I tried it out in 2021 and it was um, a great success. Really loved it and everyone inside loved it. Tried it out with a small beta group. So I want to relaunch that this year, but it won't be new. And then along with my services, my coaching calls and VIP days, I think that's plenty. So actually, I don't have anything on my list to create new this year. I just want to refine everything that I have. In the new year, as far as marketing goes and things I want to learn about, I want to tackle video. Video, if you have worked with me before, you know, uh, because I talk about this a lot, but also because my videos aren't that great, um, creating videos has never been really a strong suit of mine. I don't, I, I don't mind making video. I don't mind being on camera. It's the editing of the video or making it really like polished and put together. Um, I'm much better on live video where things are unplanned and can be kind of on the fly, coaching calls, things like that. But if it needs to look polished or put together, like forget it, I I am probably going to have to do 50 takes before I get it. And I don't know, I'll have my my face too close to the camera. So I want to learn more about editing long form and short form video in different ways and unique ways. Um, and then just maybe putting together more polished videos, which I've never really done except for inside my courses. And I want to start a YouTube channel. So that is one thing for my marketing this year that I would love to add. I've never done it because editing video was the, the thing that was going to be really tricky for me to tackle. So I always kind of thought it would be nice to have a YouTube channel, but I don't really know if I can do that because it involves so much time learning how to edit videos and all of that stuff. So anyway, it's on my list this year to add YouTube to my marketing plan. And so be on the lookout for that. I may have a YouTube channel soon, but nothing else on my marketing plan new this year. Just that one thing. You you want to keep your goals really, really simple. One or two for each of the questions I listed. The more simple they are, the more space you have to actually implement them. Just like when the new school year hits, you don't try to revamp your math routine and your reading routine and your writing routine all in one school year. You probably pick a focus area. I'm talking to elementary teachers when I mention those uh, all different subjects, but even even within one subject, you probably focus on one particular part of your teaching that year that you want to work on improving and learning more about so that you have the capacity to actually make major improvements in that area. If you're interested in finding out more about how you can make 2022 the year you finally take marketing tasks off of your plate and focus on the stuff that actually does really work, I am having a brand new training, a brand new planning party, a minimalist marketing planning party. It's happening on January 9th. I'm super excited about it. Bring your champagne, bring your notebooks. We're going to be going over exactly how to cut the fluff in the new year so you can create a marketing plan for your teacher business that actually leads to more sales, but in less time. The the problem that everyone is always wanting solved, how can I do this in less time? We're going to cover that. You'll want to save your seat at alyssamcdonald.com slash planning party. I would go save your seat right now or right after you listen to this episode uh, because last time that I had one of these trainings, it did fill up and I do only have a certain number of seats on my Zoom plan before I have to upgrade. So please register so that I know that you are coming and then get it on your calendar and I can't wait to see you there. In this segment, we're going to talk about choosing the right supports to grow your business in the new year. I know that one of the greatest challenges of owning a business can be deciding what support you need to grow your business to the next level. As an online business owner, you have courses and memberships to choose from, 
mentors, collaborations, hiring, choosing software tools. There are so many tiny decisions and big decisions. And getting stuck on any one decision for too long can set your progress back. How do you know what to invest your time and money in for your business and when? In the main part of this episode, in this segment, I'm diving into the three stages of business and what investments in time and money you should and shouldn't be making at each stage of business. Let's start with the three stages of business. What are they? You could certainly think of business growth in more than three stages, but most of the entrepreneurs I work with fall into one of these three categories. As I kind of talk through them, you can decide for yourself, sort of self-assess which category you think you are in right now. And you might be in between a couple and that's okay too. The first stage of business that we'll talk about is the starting phase. And this is for those who are just starting out in business or those who feel like they're stuck at the starting phase, even though they've been at this for a long time. And there are lots of ways to get stuck in the stage for a long time. So don't feel bad if you've been here a while. You're not alone. The first reason you get sort of stuck at this stage is perfectionism. And I shouldn't say you, I should say we, because it's not like I haven't been stuck at this stage before. I have too. If you're in the starting stage and you're trying to wait until everything is perfect to publish your first product or waiting until your website is absolutely stunning in every way before you share it, you're going to be in the stage for a while. If you listened to the podcast episode a couple weeks ago with Amy McLaren, we talked about action bringing clarity. It's all about taking action. And that action might be messy. It might be imperfect. In fact, It's definitely going to be messy and imperfect. I don't know of anyone who got everything right on the first try in business. And who even knows what right is anyway? So it's going to be messy. To get through the starting phase, you have to just get something out there. It's all about testing and experimenting. So the longer you hold back a product from becoming public, whether that means hitting publish on your listing or on your sales page or it means holding back from actually marketing that beautiful product, the longer you keep that back to tweak it, to make it look just so, to wait till you know more about this or can hire someone for that, every day that you hold your product back, you're holding it back from a teacher who, first of all, may need that product to make their lives easier or more convenient. And every day that you hold that product back is another day that you're spending not finding out if that is a good idea or not. Because Let's face it, not every idea is going to be a hit. When I first started a TPT store, I made a product that I thought for sure was going to have teachers lining up to buy it. My students absolutely loved it. My colleagues loved it. So obviously teachers would flock to it, right? But I was wrong. It's to this day, it's one of my least popular products. And I don't think that the idea is bad by any means. My students love it. My colleagues love it. But it just wasn't what my audience was looking for. If I had waited months until that product was perfect and developed like a whole product line about it, around it before I hit publish, I would have wasted months of my time on something that people didn't actually need at that moment. It's still a great product. And when I do get it in front of teachers, if I ever attempt to put some traction behind it, I'll be able to get their feedback to make it even better. So that's how the feedback loop works. You've got to get it in front of people so you can get some feedback and make sure that that idea is is one that people are, are looking for a solution to that particular problem. So we covered where you don't want to spend your time and money in the starting stage. To review, you don't want to spend your time and money trying to perfect anything at all. 
And you don't want to spend money trying to hire someone to make something perfect for you. You you actually have to go through the messy action here. That is why people say that starting a business leads to so much personal and professional growth. It's in that messy action. It's not in skipping the messy action, <laughs> then everything will remain the same. You have to really push yourself through some of this hard stuff. And it is hard to put your stuff out there. It is, but you've got to just do it. Just jump, okay? <laughs> jump. Um, but where should you spend your money in the starting stage? So starting out is all about getting the foundations of your business solid, really setting things up in a way that will withstand, right? You want to spend time and money figuring out how to start your business outright. So when it comes to deciding which courses, memberships, and mentors you need for a business in this stage, you want to find something where you can spend some time learning about things like messaging. Messaging is a core foundational business principle. Messaging is the words you'll use to talk about your business. This may seem something like something that is like, oh, I don't really need that in the beginning. I'll just make up some words. No big deal. But really, the messaging is the backbone of everything you're about to set up in business. So that's one of the first things you'll want to tackle. You'll also want to learn about ways to monetize your business so you can get lots of ideas for the big vision of your business. And of course, learn about the legalities of registering your business, setting up uh, your savings for taxes and all of that good legal stuff, the basics of business. When it comes to thinking about what tools you want to invest in, you'll want your basic product creation tools. So if you're creating digital products, you're talking about fonts, clip art, images, templates, the stuff you need to create whatever product or offer you're putting together. If you're creating a knowledge product like a course or a workshop, you want to invest in a platform where you will house that course or workshop and maybe a video recording or video editing software that you're going to edit with. You want to secure your domain name and purchase hosting for your website. I will link to the hosting site I use in the show notes for this episode so you can go over and grab your website hosting. You'll also want to look into an email service provider to start your email list. And the reason I choose website and email list at this stage is because those are foundational marketing strategies for your business that will last. They take a little bit of learning. There's a bit of a curve, but Website and email list, they are both strong, reliable ways to market your business today and in the future. So it's the perfect place to kind of set up your roots. The next stage of business is the growing stage. So you've started your business. You've gotten the basics down about what you're going to sell, who you're going to sell to. You likely have products or offers that you've already put out into the world, and maybe you've even started marketing. But at this stage, you are feeling a little all over the place and it's really not your fault. You're trying to learn all the things. You're listening to 20 different business podcasts. You are watching every YouTube video you can find on business, but the advice feels confusing and one mentor often contradicts another. So you feel like you're spinning in circles and not getting anywhere. And as a result, you're wasting a ton of time because you're spending time trying to do all the things, but nothing actually seems to be making you more sales. And so at some point you're looking at your income and you're like, this isn't adding up. I'm putting in way more time than the money that I'm getting back out of this. Or maybe you are making income some months, but it's unpredictable and kind of all over the place. So people at this stage, unfortunately, oftentimes they just give up because they think, you know, I've been twitting in all this time. I've been learning all this stuff, but it's not working. So there must be something wrong with me, with my idea, with my product, but that's not the case 
at all. This is, this is my favorite stage of business to work with. The problem at this stage is lack of focus and lack of clarity. At this stage, it's absolutely critical that you choose one to two mentors to follow. Look for mentors you connect with. And I'm not just saying this so that you'll just listen to my podcast and nobody else. I want you to choose a mentor that when you listen to them, you generally feel good about their advice. And genuinely also, like, you feel really good about what's going on and what they're saying. And it feels doable. And it doesn't make you feel overwhelmed or uncertain. You leave whatever it is, the podcast episode or the video or the course with that mentor feeling like this is doable. I can do this. Okay. I know what to do here. Not like, oh my gosh, I need to be doing that. There's not this feeling of guilt. There's this feeling of hope and action. Pick one to two of those mentors and listen to those mentors and tune everything and everyone else out. You gravitated toward those mentors for a reason, which means they know what they're talking about. So put your blinders on and just trust their process and follow it. It's absolutely critical that you do this. Every mentor in the online business space, I hate to break this, but it's true. They all have a very similar process. So it doesn't actually matter which process you pick. It's more about finding the mentor that you jive with, whose process feels good, doable to you, and then stick with it. You can't go wrong. When I first started mentoring teachers on how to start and grow their online business, I met a friend online at around the same time. So I was just starting out and she was just starting out in her business. And we were chatting and I said, hey, I have all these ideas about how to market your online business as a teacher. Would you be willing to just like test my process out from start to finish? Just listen to every piece of advice I give you. I'll give you all the advice I have, but I just want to kind of use you as my test subject to see if these ideas work the way I thought they would. If you know my background, you know that I came from the small local business world where I was working with brick and mortar stores, uh, shops, and businesses to grow their presence online. And when I kind of switched to working with teachers, I wanted to carry over some of those same principles. So my friend, my new found um, Instagram friend said yes. And like a star student, she followed every single thing I said. And she put her blinders on and she really didn't listen to any other mentors. And if she did listen to someone else, she would come to me and say, what do you think about this? And I would give her my opinion. So I kind of use her as this... um Result to share with you because her business has seen massive growth in the past two years. She's been able to diversify her income streams. She has a sustainable business model. She has replaced her salary. So I'm not saying that my way, my process is the only way or the best way. I'm saying there is a certain amount of power in tuning everything else out for a while and focusing on one or two voices to guide you in your journey. Now, as far as software and tools in the growth stage, now what we're, what we want to focus on is making your life a little bit easier or a little bit more convenient as a business owner. You might at this stage invest in something like a scheduling tool or a productivity tool, or you might invest in a course that teaches you about setting up a system for things like product creation, content creation, because you want to focus on being more productive. When you sit down to work, How can you maximize your time 
so that you can make consistent money without having to put in more time. At this stage, you might also start to think about hiring some help. So investing your money in help at this stage allows you to free up more time to focus on creating quality products, offers, and content. I suggest at this stage that you start by hiring out on a project-by-project basis so you can get to know a few independent contractors, see what it's like working with them, see who you like to work with, and get your, your systems really ironed out so that it's easy for someone new to come in your business and actually help you out. Now, the last stage of business growth I want to talk about is the accelerated growth stage. And there are still issues and challenges at this stage. It's not like the final or you've arrived stage. At this stage, you're kind of on the cusp of big growth and you can feel it. There's really no other way to explain it other than there's this feeling that like, if you just had a little more time or if you just had some more resources, your business could grow really fast and really big if you could just figure out how to manage things a little bit better, like your time, how you can manage your time a little bit better. So the problem at this stage is that you're probably still investing all of your time, or at least most of your time, doing everything in your business. You're still running your business as a solopreneur, but your growth is accelerating quickly. And so you're kind of like trying to play catch up. And if you don't get help, you aren't going to be able to catch up and your business growth is going to stall. So at this stage, you absolutely have to get help. You need to focus on the core aspects of your business that require your brain for growth. And you need help freeing up space in your schedule to do those tasks. So this means it's time to step out of the role of implementer and into the role of leader. So get ready to hire. Go listen to my podcast episode on hiring and get started. You might also want to hire a business coach at this stage to help you fine tune specific parts of your business. So for example, if you want to elevate your website copy, you might hire a copywriter. If you want to get your finances in order, maybe a bookkeeper or money coach is the right hire. Maybe you need to freshen up your graphics. You'll be able to figure out certain areas of your business that are goals for your growth and then look for specific people who can bring expertise in that area. But no matter what stage of business you're in, there are always new challenges to face. Like I said, you have never arrived in business. There is no end here. And in every stage of business, the one tool for growth that is always worthwhile across the business stages is finding the right community to surround yourself with that will benefit you at every stage. Finding like-minded teachers at your stage of business or those who have maybe even just gone through your stage of business and can relate to what you're going through, who understand what you're working through and the challenges you face, that can absolutely change the course of your entire business. That's why I love talking about joining a membership as part of owning a business. Memberships are a great way to build your business surrounded by a group of people who are taking their business seriously as well and those who are going through similar challenges, and those who are being guided by the same mentor. You're in community with those people. There's a totally different vibe, by the way, in a paid membership than in a free Facebook community. That is not the same thing. A paid membership is like a gym for your business. You are paying to have the equipment you love, the personal trainer you connect with, the people you want to surround yourself with, and you focus on your goals alongside a group of people who are working towards something similar, and we know that there is power in that. 
So whether you join a membership to help you up-level your business or you just connect with a few teacherpreneurs on Instagram, find others who understand what you're working through because there is not a single business owner on the planet who is truly running their business solo because getting the right support at the right time is what is going to put you on that path for growth. If you're enjoying this episode of the Teacher Hustle podcast, be sure to download your free copy of the Teacher Hustle magazine. As a listener of this podcast, you have access to a free digital magazine each and every month. Just make sure you download it before the end of the month when it expires and we refresh it with a new issue. You can go to alyssamcdonald.com slash magazine to download this month's free magazine just for teacher business owners. It's time for the listener Q&A, one of my favorite segments. This listener asked, I'm a TPT seller. Do I need to launch a course to make more money in my business? This is a great question. I get this question a lot. And I'm going to start by getting on my soapbox for just a minute because there's a bit of a mindset shift that I want to help work through. This listener said something that I hear all the time, which is, I'm a TPT seller. When you use the phrase, I'm a TPT seller. You are really limiting yourself. Movie stars don't say, I'm a Netflix actor. Singers don't say, I'm a Spotify musician, right? You're labeling and limiting yourself to a single platform. So I want to just put this thought into your head. What if you broadened your title? What if you thought about exactly why you're showing up in the online space? What's your mission here? Who do you want to help? What problem do you want to solve? And then add a word to that, like mentor, coach, advocate, trainer, creator. For example, if your passion topic is middle school math, you might say, I'm a mentor for middle school math teachers. Or if it was STEM, you would say, I'm a STEM coach. Even saying resource creator is a bit more broad than TPT seller because it means you aren't relying on TPT as your sole source of income. It it isn't part of your business identity. Or at least it means you won't always rely on TPT as your sole source of income. It opens you up. Like someday, maybe you won't be a TPT seller. Maybe you will sell on your website. And you don't want to rule that out right from the start by making your title that you kind of claim and put out into the world TPT seller or TPT author. But my point in addressing this shift, which really is isn't what the listener asked, but (laughs) I think that this is a really common mistake. But my point is not just to get you off of TPT, because there are a lot of benefits to listing your products on a marketplace. There are a lot of marketing benefits to that. My hope is that instead you'll broaden your definition of what and how you contribute to the online space. There are a million and one ways to monetize your teacher genius, Maybe you love creating resources and that's all you'll ever do, all you're ever interested in doing because that's your talent and that's your passion area and that's totally fine. You're a resource creator. That's awesome. But maybe down the road, you're somebody who will want to monetize in other ways like sharing your knowledge through a course or a workshop or a mini course or a membership. Maybe you'll want to add a service or affiliate income. Maybe you'll write a book. You don't have to know the answer right now. But you do need to know that when you go write a book, you're probably not going to want to write, I'm a TPT seller in your author bio, right? Of course you won't. You want to broaden your title now 
before you're ready to do it because it will give you something to aim for. You'll be able to live into it. But back to the original listener question. Sorry to that listener who was not asking for that advice. Um, The question about, do I need to launch a course to make more money in my business? There are so many benefits to sharing your teacher genius in the form of a course. If anyone ever has walked into your classroom and said, oh my gosh, how do you get your kids to do this thing? Fill in the blank. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like people used to always come in and say, how do you get your kids all involved in reading? Um, If they're asking you that, you have knowledge to share. You have something that is ready and needs to be shared with other teachers. So what's the thing that your colleagues are always asking you for help with? What do you love to look up and learn about in your spare time? What problem could you solve through teaching a traditional professional development that could be transferred into an online professional development? And just sit with that for a while. Creating an online course certainly isn't for everyone. No one monetization strategy is. It is definitely not the only way to grow your business, but it is a great option for adding more impact and more income to your online business. It's time for our member lightning round interview. So I'd like to welcome Lisa to the show. Lisa is a member of Team THU, and she's here to tell you all about her journey, both in being a member of Teacher Hustle University and joining Team THU. She'll give you a little behind the scenes. Welcome, Lisa. Can you tell us a little bit about you, yourself, you and yourself are the same thing, you and your business, um, and let us know what it is that you do. My name is Lisa McCarg, and I'm a former high school Spanish teacher who helps teachers and business owners get their digital lives together, get them more organized and decluttered so that when they sit down um, to work either in teaching or on their business, they can get straight to work um, and they can feel productive. I help eliminate all of these tiny inefficiencies in the work process. And what I mean by that is Things like having a really cluttered um, Google Drive or Dropbox, so it takes you forever to find things. I help streamline that so that when you sit down, you can get straight to work. Um, I also help them outline the process for their latest project. So when they sit down, they don't have to stop and think, okay, now what do I do? Or when they complete a task, they don't have to think, okay, what do I do next? That's already laid out for them. So by helping them eliminate just all of these little things that are stealing their time, um, I help create a big impact for them so they can sit down and get straight to work on their business and make progress without feeling frustrated or overwhelmed. Tell us more about how you arrived at this business idea. What was your journey to get here? And why did you start your business? For me, the reason that I started my business initially Um, was I was working in a school and an environment um, that just wasn't very healthy for me. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I had a really hard time with postpartum anxiety um, after I gave birth to my daughter. And I really was looking for a way out of the classroom. That was my initial motivation. What it's changed into now is Teaching is really hard. I think we all know that it's hard under the best of circumstances, um, especially this last few years, though, it's been so difficult. And for me, I I just have this passion to help make teachers' lives easier um, and to just help protect their mental health. And the way that I do that is by 
eliminating the stressors of you know digital disorganization or that feeling of overwhelm. I always say that teaching is hard enough. Our files and inboxes should not be contributing to that stress. So now my mission is really to eliminate these, what I just call them silly, sneaky stressors for teachers to make their job easier. And that's really what motivates me is just helping to make teachers' lives easier because we all deserve that. What has been your biggest struggle in business? Oh my goodness, the biggest struggle I've had to overcome. Um, How much time do you have? (laughs) There are several of them, but I think the biggest one, honestly, there it's it's all mental struggles um, from things like what I feel like is a really overused term of imposter syndrome. Um, but more so for me, it's really been self-sabotage. Um, I have a background in psychology as well. And um, you may or may not know this, but your brain wants to keep you in stasis. It wants to keep things exactly how they are. So doing things like starting a business, um, I'm leaving the classroom um, this year. And things like that are really, really scary. And so your brain is trying to protect you and stop you from making progress. And so for me to really push through that has been scary and uncomfortable. Luckily, um, I have an amazing mastermind um, that has helped push me and support me. But it's it's definitely the biggest struggle. It hasn't been the tech or learning, you know, how to build a website or learning marketing, because I've got THU for that. Um, it's definitely been the mental struggle to overcome self-sabotage and to make myself do things that just really are not natural or comfortable for me. All right. This is maybe my favorite question of the lightning round. What is the one thing that changed everything for you and your business? All right. This is actually a really easy question for me. 100% hands down, no hesitation. The thing that has changed everything, the reason I have accomplished what I have, the reason I am still in business is my mastermind group. Um, It is myself and three other Spanish teachers who, when I first started this journey, um, gosh, it's been about three, maybe three and a half years ago, um, I overheard somebody who was in, like, had a small mastermind, again, like three or four or five people. And I heard them say, like, this is the most important thing. You need to have, like, a small group of people. Otherwise, you'll never last. You will not make it. And they were right. I would have quit so long ago and so many times and I wouldn't have pushed myself and I honestly would not have believed in myself if it were not for my amazing mastermind group. Um, Bertha, Claudia and Christina are just always there for me. We talk every single day um, and it is because of them that I am still here and I consider them to be some of my very, very best friends. And I've never met any of them in real life, which is just insane um, because I know so much about them and their business and they know so much about me and my business um, and my life. And that is 100% the most important part of my business, the journey I've been on. And it is the one thing that has kept me going. um, And it is the probably single most important thing in my business is that support network. Okay, it's time to tell us, what's your favorite part about being a member of Teacher Hustle University? 
All right, my favorite part of THU, and I know I feel like this is what everybody says because I listen to the podcast um, every new episode, but it really is. It is the people. It is this really special mix of supportive and positive and driven and helpful people where if you drop a question in the Facebook group, um, they will help you. Someone will say, hey, oh, yeah, I went through that. Here's what I've done. Um, and they'll share their experience um, or they'll say, oh, yeah, hey, do you want to, you know, be on my podcast or, you know, I've had some amazing um, networking opportunities. And I've also just made some really great friends um, in THU. The people there are amazing. And the other thing I love about it is when I go through the framework, the core course of it, I mean, I bet I watched all of these videos three or four or five times but every time i watch them i get something new out of it um, because i'm at a different stage in my business or i have more clarity in my business and every time i watch or re-watch any of the show from glow ups or any of the material um, i always learn more because the information is just that good so it's 100 um the community and just the quality of information the other thing i love about it really is that and this is what initially drew me to Alyssa, but it is just that everyone is so down to earth everything seems achievable it's not like it's these other people that are you know fancy and off making millions of dollars no it's people just like me doing amazing things and being successful and so to see that if they can do it, like obviously I can too. So that's just a few of the things I love about THU. Thank you so much for sharing that. Where can the listeners get connected with you? If someone is looking to, you know, get their digital life under control or just simplified or organized, um, you can find me online at lisamch.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram more than I should be. And on Instagram, I am at La Maestra MCH. Um, so it's L-A-M-A-E-S-T-R-A-M-C-H. And um, I would love to connect with you and talk with you about, you know, getting organized, simplifying your life or, you know, uh, the Great British Bake Off, because I talk a lot about that on Instagram as well. Thank you so much, Lisa, for giving us a sneak peek into your business. And now is the time for you to ask me a question. So what do you have for me? I would love to know, what do you think is the biggest mistake that you have made in business? How did you recover from it? Um, And what did you learn from it? Or how has it changed how you do business now? Ooh, this is a good one. I should have known Lisa would have a a good question for me. So it's really an easy question to answer because it's been just so clear to me, especially lately. When I first started out in this business, I was not new to business and I wasn't new to marketing, but I was new to this online space where um, online entrepreneurs were like functioning in this whole online world. Um, So I wasn't as familiar with things like, um, you know, launching and and doing a webinar and um, putting your course out into the world. And so that was kind of new to me. And what I initially did was I tried to 
do what I saw everyone else doing. So there was one particular mentor I was listening to who gave out, it was like a script for your um, video series for a launch. And I tried following that script and I tried sort of like following those rules. And there were red flags going off in my mind because I have that marketing knowledge. So I, I kind you know, the one side of me was like, well, this doesn't feel genuine or this doesn't quite feel like what I would do um, if it were just up to me. But sounds like these are the rules that online entrepreneurs are following, so it must work. And very quickly, I realized that it didn't work because it wasn't genuine. So it didn't feel comfortable. So it felt awkward and I just didn't feel good about it. And in launching, there are various little things that people do that I think we don't have the confidence to question. We just see that, well, this is what everyone does when they launch. Everyone does it this way. So I need to do it this way. I hear this with all different kinds of pieces of a launch. Like people will say to me, well, I priced my course ending in a seven because that's what everybody else does. Or um, I had a webinar because that's what everybody else does. Or I said my cart was closing because that's what everybody else does. And so really early on, I learned this lesson, and but I'm constantly having to come back to it and remind myself to not succumb to these ideas of what marketing and launch should be. Um, it's the shoulds, right? It's what you should be doing. You should be showing up on Instagram every day. You should be building your email list. You should be this. You should be that. It's this idea that you don't need to listen to the shoulds. What you need to listen to is yourself, your intuition, your audience. Um, intuition plays an, a huge part in business. It is about the data. It is about the numbers. It is about being smart, testing things and experimenting. But it's equally as important to listen to your own intuition and your people and to follow that and do what you feel is in integrity rather than following the rules. Sure, listen to the mentors, hear what they have to say, hear the psychology behind some of these ideas, because for sure in launching there, there's a huge psychology component, but also follow your own gut because it is always right. That's the biggest lesson I've learned. Thanks for that question, Lisa. The hardest part about this time of year is that everyone is promising you they have the answers for you and your business to have the best year ever. It's hard to know who to listen to. My best advice is to follow your intuition. As much as businesses are about data and numbers and strategy, your intuition is always right. When you're faced with business decisions and you're feeling stuck, Give yourself more space to quiet the noise and let your intuition come forward. Cut something off your to-do list. Say no to something. Take breaks. It's only in those quiet moments that we gain the clarity we're so desperately looking for. 